Going on 14. Hello and welcome to 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And I'm reheated after having been left out on the counter overnight. But don't worry, I'm probably safe for consumption. I doubt it. What would Josh cake taste like? Salmonella. <laughs> I'm a fun guy. <laughs> what would Josh taste like? Pound cake soaked in Guinness. I mean, that's pretty much what I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to give you that one. Pickles? And welcome to the Cannibalism Show. It's <laughs> If you like cannibalism, you might like the shows on the Podcast Collective, mm. such as I Am Salt Lake, the Empty Rant Podcast, the Portland Beer Club Podcast, and of course, the Red Dead Radio Hour. Tend to your loaf. So uh, if you're looking for some more of this stuff, you can uh, find us on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse FM. We are all over the pod world, pod network world. Is that a thing? I don't know. It is. It is. The podcast cinematic universe. Yes. The PCM. Right. That should be our new network. That's the name of our new network we're going to start. Well, now that you've said it, I got to buy the I got to buy the URL now. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, 708 now wrap. Give us a call. Let us know if you think we should break out on our own. Just call us to say hi. Nobody has called us in forever. Call us. Are you even out there? We're not scary. It's me, Margaret. Oh, yeah. But just to let you know, this is the leftover show. Not a clip show. Not a clip show. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We should probably talk about the topic. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to be talking about the, when tw- 2% of the population disappeared and... Everyone went crazy and started smoking with a guilty remnant. I don't get that. I don't know what he's talking about. The Leftovers, it was a show. That's not what we're talking about. Did you watch a bunch of Leftovers show? I mean, I did, but <laughs> not this week. It's actually pretty good. I've never heard of it. Damon Lindelof? Hmm. No, you never know, heard of it. A good half of Lost? <laughs> I'd watch it. Yeah, but uh, no, we're talking about Leftover Food. And casseroles. Yes. But sometimes what you do with your leftovers is you make a casserole. So we figured it's a good combo. And sometimes that casserole is leftover. (sighs) So like I said before, (gasps) 708-669-9727 if you've got some ideas better than this. Casserole-ception. Casseroles (laughs) all the way down. When the top's done spinning, it's done. (laughs) Well, we should close it up now. Joel made us funny. After you eat, you have a Leonardo DiCaprio. And here we are. He's ah. back. Yep. <laughs> That's our Joel. That's our... Full circle. <laughs> Time to tend to that loaf. <sighs> you can't even explain that one. It's not like you can go back and damn it, Joel. Yeah, I can't even like make a stinger out of that. Like to make a stinger to explain this inside joke, I'm gonna have to like take screenshots and shit. <laughs> I mean, we we could just say it involves Josh and yeast. I mean, I thought I made that clear with our intro. Yeah, it's what I thought he tasted like. I think it's about that time. Oh my god, is it? Is it? This week in... Music. Movies. And TV. And sport! Alright, so going back, Patrick chose July 28th, 1950 which was the opening of the Campbell Test Kitchens. Very clever. I approve. Thank you. I figure since, you know, casseroles and cream ofs and stuff, and they're the ones that pretty much started the whole 
national revolution of using their cream of soups in casseroles. So yeah. Cream of casserole, you say. (laughs) I went into a, into a rabbit hole reading all about Campbell's soup and and like the history of Campbell's soup. And it's just actually kind of strangely fascinating. Not like that little fact I sent you guys over, over text, you know, about the, they sell a million miles of noodles every year in their chicken noodle soup. It's crazy. All right. This isn't the Campbell's Soup Show, so I'm done. Uh, they're not our sponsor, but they could be. Campbell's <laughs> Soup, proud sponsor of 40 Going on 14. 40 Going on 14. Mm-mm, good. <laughs> We're in a can. Cream of 40 Going on 14. Oh, no. See? No. <laughs> yeah, now it's ruined. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> Campbell's like, hmm, do continue. Oh, we're out. <laughs> <laughs> and just that quickly, their contract was ripped up. We're spent. <laughs> All right. So music. The number one song in the land was Mona Lisa by Nat King Cole. I think that might actually be my favorite Nat King Cole song. More than unforgettable. Nat King Cole, man. I, I His voice was incredible. Yeah. Like butter. Like legit. Uh, years ago, Josh was the Josh said that Nat King Cole had the best tone out of anybody he could think of as far as singers. Yeah, I know we were going through like lists of like greatest of for lots of different positions, and when I came up with Nat King Cole for male singers, it was pretty difficult for anyone to come up with anyone in the same kind of weight category. Yeah, no. like Sinatra would be the closest. But even though Sinatra, I mean, just not as smooth. Marvin Gaye. Hmm. He's in the neighborhood. Yeah, I still go with Nat King Cole. Yeah, yeah I mean, and Sinatra, I'd argue the main thing was he was a better entertainer, but yeah. not a better singer. Anyway, yeah. we are way off. <laughs> but that's what we do. That's what we do. All right. Uh, so Robert Michael Mick Vaughn, born July 27th, was a lead guitarist for Paper Lace, known for their one hit, The Night Chicago Died. Where Daddy was a cop on the east side of Chicago. Figure that out. It was a lake cup. The night of Chicago died. Is that the one? It's just a beach book. One night in Bangkok. Now that you know. No, no. No, no. You have have derailed. I'm knee deep in the hoopla. Sorry. Uh, What is going on? (laughs) He said he was funny. He's trying to prove us wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeasty. So, Mark Clark, an English musician, bass player, and singer, was born July 25th in Liverpool. He is best known for his work with jazz rock band Coliseum and rock band Uriah Heep. Other bands he has performed or recorded with include The Kegman, Locomotive, The St. James Infirmary, Tempest, Natural Gas, Rainbow, Mountain, Ian Hunter, and Torque, and JCM. He recorded Don't Say No, The Stroke, In the Dark, and many other albums with Billy Squire. Jesus, don't say those together. Don't right. say no. <laughs> Reverse there. So didn't I'm surprised he didn't just say the stroke in the dark. Don't yeah, say the no. stroke in the dark, don't say no. That's the order I should have put it in. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh. In 1986, he toured with the monkeys and until recently still worked with Davy Jones. There are a lot of terrible band names in there. Yes. Specifically natural gas. Yeah, I was that's, thinking that's, that's why I included all those names. I'm like, there's some bad names there. That that was the title of my solo tour. I mean, the St. James Infirmary, that's not a good title for a band. 
I mean, when the most the band that you're most known for is Uriah Heep, it can only go down from there. That is a good name, Uriah Heep. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna have. He to was just... a, he was burned as a witch in the Salem witch trials. You're right. Okay, I'm back on because yeah, I, I was kind of thinking it sounded like something was wrong with your junk and you're in the ER. <laughs> it sounds like something you got to drink cranberry juice for. No, he was one of the few men burned. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I, I'm back on the Uriah Heep wagon. I guess. All right. So, Blair Montgomery Thornton was born July 23rd. He is a rock guitarist and songwriter, most widely known for his work with Bachman Turner Overdrive. Thornton joined the group in January 1974, replacing Tim Bachman during the supportive tour for the Bachman Turner Overdrive 2 album. He made his live debut with BTO at a televised event for Don Kirshner's in concert program. With Thornton's arrival, BTO began incorporating dual lead guitar solos in many new songs, with Thornton playing the lead guitar parts. This change brought BTO into the limelight and made them a successful rock band in the 70s and 80s. Name another BTO song other than Taking Care of Business. You ain't seen nothing yet? Oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. I knew Pat would have one in his back yeah. pocket. The Heap Mobile, that's what I should have said. <laughs> or Heap Cherokee. <laughs> Did huh. you just channel me? <laughs> Finally in music... Charles Papa Charlie McCoy, an American Delta blues musician and songwriter, was born in Jackson, Mississippi. As a guitarist and mandolin player, he was one of the major blues accompanists of his time. He and his older brother, Kansas Joe McCoy, performed together in the 1930s and 1940s and recorded as the McCoy Brothers. He played in several bands, including the Mississippi Hot Footers, the Mississippi Mudsteppers, Papa Charlie's Boys, and the Harlem Hamfats. Oh, that's a great name. Those are all better names than anything that Mark Clark was in. Oh, the Harlem Hamfats. McCoy's career was cut short by his service during World War II. In poor health after the war, he never returned to music, and he died in Chicago on July 26th from paralytic brain disease only a few months after his brother died. Yikes. That's a damn shame. Yeah. That bullet point went from <laughs> real high to real low very fast. Right. Yeah. So I'm looking up the Harlem Hamfats, and I've got something called Let's Get Drunk and Truck. I like it already. I don't, I don't think that's them. <laughs> but I, I did listen to some of his uh, solo stuff, and it was very impressive. They probably actually covered that. It probably was them. Or oh, shit, that could have been them doing you know the guitar work. She could have just been the lead singer for the band. Who knows? Here's another one of their songs. It's called the Harlem Hamfats Weed Smokers Dream. I mean... Oh! Yeah. That's pretty awesome. There's another one called Root Hog or Die. Huh. All right. Let's reluctantly move on to movie. <laughs> the number one movie in the land was Fancy Pants. Starring Lucille Ball and Bob Hope. I'd watch that. I've never seen it. Surprised Mike hasn't seen it. I am. He's making sure. Bob Hope plays a butler and Lucille Ball plays an English woman. Oh, yeah, I've seen this. That tracks. Yeah, it's kind of like a Western-ish one. All right. Uh, one of the earliest Hollywood soupy, soupy stars? <laughs> Campbell's <laughs> Soup. Star. 40 Going on 14 sponsor. Mm-mm, good. 
They're like, we've got our interest again. One of the earliest Hollywood superstars, Betty Davis, married her fourth and final husband, Gary Merrill, on July 28th. Merrill was also a prolific movie actor. He starred in All About Eve, the movie in which they met and co-starred. Aw. Seen it. Great He's movie. He's got Betty Davis's thighs. Hmm. Ew. I mean, back then it wouldn't have been so bad. No. 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 She was attractive. She was. I mean, they wrote a whole song about her. Yeah. Also, also very, very crazy. Yeah. Would have been right up your alley. I know. That's why I'm excited. <laughs> I'm, a Betty, I'm a Betty Davis fan. I've seen a few of her movies. I like her. Good actress. Beautiful. Crazy. Chain smoker. They said she smoked about a My mother and my daughter. <laughs> they, she, they said she smoked about 100 cigarettes a day. Yeah. Wow. And That's... those are like... She she was at a socialite event like like a some kind of like small award show or something not anything huge, and then she was sat at a table with some producer or something whose wife was on oxygen and they were told her that she wasn't allowed to smoke and she said well you can just move her, yeah, <laughs> yikes. All right, Susan Melody George, born on July twenty sixth, is an English film and television actress. She is best known for Straw Dogs, in which she co-starred with Dustin Hoffman. She was also in Dirty Mary. Crazy Larry, Mandingo, The House Where Evil Dwells, and the acronym of the week, which is TJM, which I'm pretty sure stands for Tagging Jay's Mom. <laughs> yeah. Ah. <laughs> oh, no wonder shit. you laughed when you came up with that one. That is a good one. I had to silence myself after saying it just to get through it. <laughs> Damn. Oh, Jay's Mom. Nope, I'm sorry. That's a great title, but that is not it. It's actually the Jigsaw Man. Oh, well. She came to be associated with rather provocative or controversial roles and became quite typecast. A cinema writer wrote about her, British leading lady, former child actress, usually typed as sex pot. However, her lighter side was apparent in some of her TV appearances, such as in an episode of The Persuaders with Robert Moore, Roger Moore, and Tony Curtis. I've never even heard it. What is The Persuaders? Any of you guys ever heard of that show? No. I didn't look it up or anything. 1971. Persuaders. It's about it's cops who are old. good at convincing the criminals to confess. Come on. Um, you know you want to confess. Two worlds collide when titled Englishman Lord Brett Sinclair and the Bronx-raised self-made American Danny Wilde reluctantly join forces to right wrongs and to protect the innocent Come hmm. on, confess to the crime. You know you want to. So it's kind of like a leverage, maybe? I think yeah. we have a show idea. <laughs> Francesco Frank Stallone Jr., born July 30th, is an American actor and musician and former Norm MacDonald punchline. He is the younger brother of Sylvester Stallone and wrote some songs for his movies. His song Far From Over from the Staying Alive soundtrack peaked at number 10 on the Billboard Hot 100, for which he received Golden Globe and Grammy nominations, but no wins. I think he hangs around with Joe Estevez. Well, you can't you can't just leave that there and not have us hear a little bit of Far From Over. I could, but I won't. Oh. <laughs> no results found. Yeah. <laughs> Aw. Probably for the best. Poor Sorry, Frankie Frank. Stallone. All right, so TV. Top shows in the land were the Texaco Star Theater, Fireside Theater, the Philco Television Playhouse, and your show of shows, which starred Sid Caesar, Imogene Coca, and Carl Reiner. That's a great cast. 
Wow. That was my father's favorite show growing up. Your show show shows. He talked about it all the time. And with good reason with those three. Yeah. Yep. No doubt. Wow. And uh, moving on, Joe Marie Payton, born August 3rd, is an actress who starred as Harriet Baines Winslow on Family Matters. She also appeared in a recurring role on Perfect Strangers. And she also had another recurring role as the personal assistant to Gregory Hines' character during season two of Will and Grace. She the one that had real high beehive hairdo? She was the mother on Family Matters. Oh, okay. Are you thinking of Jack A. Harry? What? I don't know who you're thinking of. No, I don't know who I'm thinking of. I didn't watch Family Matters, so I don't know what anybody's hair looked like. Yeah. Other than Urkel. Yeah. yeah. I actually really liked the first couple seasons before Urkel. Thought it was a much better show before it became the Urkel show. But yeah, it was it was really good the first couple seasons, and once Urkel came on, it just was all about Urkel. I agree with Josh. Moving on. Okay. Born July 27th, Simon Jones is an English actor who portrayed Arthur Dent, protagonist of Douglas Adams's Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy on both radio and television. He also had a cameo role in the film. He has also appeared on Miracle on 34th Street, Brideshead Revisited, and Downton Abbey. I actually just watched the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy TV show not too long ago. Hey, show idea. It's in there. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that one eventually. I've watched way more Downton Abbey than you guys would probably have guessed. Actually, no. I would guess not much. So, yeah, you, if you've watched a lot, then I definitely. mean, Sarah's really into it. So I, I've seen probably, I don't know, half of it. Just, uh, that that makes sense. If she's yeah, I, I don't I wouldn't think you would watch it on your own. Yeah. yeah. Suzanne watched it, has seen the whole thing. But the only reason she watches when I was down here doing the show. So I'd come up and she'd be going on about British people. Needs more zombies. No. I don't know. You've ever seen, uh, uh, was it Gosford Park? Yeah, yeah. If you like Gosford Park, you'd actually probably like... Downton Abbey? You, Downton Abbey, yeah. Okay. There's a new show out that they everyone's like, oh, it's a new Downton Abbey. I don't know what it is, but... The English Game. Is that it? Yep. Oh. By Adrian Fellows. Oh. I, I don't know. This is just one of these weird subjects I know about. Wait. <laughs> By Brian Fellows? Adrian Fellows. You lost me. Hey, Adrian Fellows. I have no idea who Brian Fellows is. Patrick? Patrick's not Brian Fellows. Yeah, I was going to say, what are, you, what are you trying to... Don't, don't, don't unmask me. I thought maybe you'd know who Brian Fellows was. All right, never mind. I, know the, I know that name. It sounds really familiar. SNL? That's what... Okay, yeah. I've seen Yeah, I've seen it in print, but yeah. Okay. Julian Fellows. Yeah. Not Adrian. Yeah. Julian Fellows. Oh. You guys would have known the difference. I was about to call you on it, but I didn't want to be an asshole. When did that ever stop you? Why start now? Well, that's how you know I'm lying. I love being an asshole. Do sports. Did we, did we do the last bullet point? I'm waiting for somebody oh, to do the bullet point. Did we? Oh, Gene Autry Show premiered on July 23rd and ran for six seasons. Now we did the last bullet point. Yes, now we do sports. Sports. On July 26th, Jim Russell of the Brooklyn Dodgers became the first MLB player to twice switch hit a home run from both sides of the plate in the same game. You guys understand what that? Yeah, he hit a home run from the left side and the right side in the same game. Yeah, that's that's pretty fucking cool. He had done the feat two years earlier when he played for the Atlanta Braves. It has now been done 340 times. Jeez. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of become a standard thing for a switch hitter to once he hits the first one to try it for the second one. <laughs> Show off, yeah. Yep. I mean, if you can, go ahead. Right? (laughs) 
it's impressive as shit, so why not? All right. And then Roy Williams, basketball coach who guided the University of North Carolina to two NCAA championships, was born in Marion, North Carolina on August 1st. And then the bonus miscellaneous round, which we get maybe once a year, this fact was too interesting to not share. On July 29th in Bentonville, Arkansas, entrepreneur Sam Walton opened his first self-service department store, Walton's Five and Dime. After seeing the concept in Minnesota, Walton had customers pick their purchases off of open shelves rather than having them brought by a department clerk. Walton would build a chain of 15 stores and then would create the Walmart chain on July 2nd, 1962. Yikes. There were about 1,300 stores when he died. And there are over 10,000 now. I'm trying to think. I could probably get to at least three Walmart stores and only drive 15 minutes in any one direction. I could say two within. It'd be pushing 20. It'd be pushing 15. It'd be closer to 20. There are seven Walmarts within 45 minutes of me. Well, if you're stretching it out, I could. Yeah, get I, lo- I just I happen to have looked that up one day. I was, I was hoping you didn't know that. I can get to four within 45 minutes from here. Yeah, people love Walmart down here. And it's such a ubiquitous, just giant industry in America that I figured that that bullet point was kind of interesting to talk about. The creation it's, of the one of the monoliths of America. It sparks this conversation. So, yeah, it's a fair count. Play us off, keyboard Joel. Da, 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 da. So this week's topic sits in the fridge, ominously wrapped in either tin foil or sitting in Tupperware. Tupperware. Or... Oh, Grandma! <laughs> Wait, sitting in Grandma in the fridge? Oh, you. We just crossed over from podcast into evidence. <laughs> Campbell's soup. Mm-mm, good. <laughs> So we're talking about leftovers, food. I mean, we've we've done food shows. We've talked about barbecue. We've talked about all sorts of different stuff. Did we talk about barbecue? Yeah, we had a uh, thought. We had a barbecue show. I know we did grills because that was kind of the start of my uh, grilling and barbecue journey. Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, cooking that kind of stuff for three years, and it started with this show. Yeah, we did a pizza show. Yeah. What what happens when you don't finish the whole pizza, or you don't finish the whole? All the pork chops, or I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> like when somebody tells me, "Yo, here you," they got me a gift for Christmas once. Here, you put it in the bottle of wine when you don't finish it, so it doesn't go bad. And I was like, "What do you mean?" I always love watching cooking shows and like take your leftover wine. Like, what? <laughs> I say that, but I actually didn't finish all my pizza tonight, so there will be leftovers tomorrow. Okay. I can't finish a pizza anymore. Then we'll uh, play the game of, is it still food? Was this the pizza I didn't finish this week? Or was this the pizza I didn't finish last week? We've actually gotten pretty good at consuming our leftovers, which is good. I've always been a big fan of leftovers. So let's start with that. That's our first question in the bullets is, do you, when you were a kid, did you like leftovers? I did. Like I've I've mentioned before in several shows, you know, my mother was uh, a big cook. She cooked dinner probably five or six nights a week. And there was always leftovers and, you know, it was never, you know, we had designated nights for leftovers every now and then because the fridge would just get too full. Mom was like, all right, I'm not cooking tonight. Tonight is leftover night. What do you want? My mother was a bad cook and we didn't like it the first time. (laughs) (laughs) 
Although I will say it's funny that like I w- when I suggested this, I think I suggested this. I-, I didn't think of leftovers and casseroles, but when I was a kid, leftovers pretty much were casseroles. Like if there was leftover chicken or leftover vegetables, they'd probably be turned into some sort of casserole. And usually the casserole was better than the original dish. It's like magic. Well, it always helps just to coat everything in some kind of cheese binder or whatever, and then just top it with cheese. And, you know, cheese always makes everything better. Yeah. Sauce, cheese, and breadcrumbs. Yeah. Fix anything. What about Joel and Mike? What did you, how did you feel about leftovers when you were younger? I was a fan being a, I was trying to think of the words I wanted to use. No, especially if it was like, uh, like if we went out and got like fried chicken or something and there was some leftover, that was always good, but Ooh, it real quick. quick and easy meal. How do you like your leftover chicken? Cold or hot? Yes. Cold. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go with cold. I don't know if that's laziness or taste preference, but yeah. I normally, I like them both like Joel, but I normally will eat it cold. I mean, or actually, I, I usually eat the chicken leg cold while I'm heating up another piece of chicken. So I kind of do both. Sometimes for me, I'm I'm Wait, I'm happy in the middle. Did you just say that you were eating chicken while you were cooking chicken? Well, like I'll have two pieces of fried chicken that are left over. I'll eat the oh. leg while I'm heating up the thigh or something. I, I thought you were like eating fried cold fried chicken while you were frying a chicken. <laughs> I was like, yeah, from the south. I, you know, yeah, it does, I mean, at the same time, I'm kind of like, well, you know, Texas. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It, I'm not above it. I mean, I mean, sometimes I won't heat it up all the way, but I won't leave it cold. Like I'll just warm it up a little. Like Take the chill camp. off. Yeah, and and I like it that way too. So, pizza or chicken, either one, cold, hot. Just had this discussion with Sarah. Uh, like she always heats up leftover pizza. I never do. Like, oh I, God, no. I'm all about the cold pizza. I don't know with the air fryer and or using an oven to heat up pizza, it's worth it. But I, I'll still eat a cold piece of pizza in a heartbeat. Yeah, no question. Back. And lastly, Mike, what do you think when you were a kid? What did you think of leftovers? I liked food. <laughs> food was food. I don't think a lot of the time the leftovers actually made it to dinner time because it would just be like, hey, le- leftovers are kind of like the lunch thing or snacks. Yeah. What do you have for lunch? Oh, I got a leftover. Uh, egg rolls, you know. From I use leftovers as, as as filler in between meals a lot when I was growing up. Yeah, I can see that. Like leftover ham or leftover chicken, I'm pretty sure we picked at and might have for lunch the next day. Like until Mike put it that way, I had forgotten that, but that's probably true. Oh yeah, picking at leftovers, just reach in and you're like, oh, there's a little bit of leftover ham in there. There's food I'm going to stuff in my face. Exactly. Hmm. I want leftovers. Oh, wait, there are leftovers in the fridge. Never mind. What about like restaurant leftovers? Did did you guys bring them home? Yes, always. If if there was any left. Yeah, restaurant leftovers we bring home. And if, I mean, but the thing is, it's like, it's weird because where you get the leftovers from makes a big difference. So if you go to a pizza place or like uh, Chinese food and bring home leftovers, the next day they're cool. But have you ever tried to like eat a leftover hamburger? If you. Yeah, you know, or fries. Yeah, it just doesn't work. Air fryer. Telling you. Shut up about the goddamn air fryer. <laughs> it's just oh. a convection oven. A tiny convection oven. That's all it is. <laughs> Nothing is being fried. It is not a new concept. <laughs> Apparently you guys have never used one. We'll, we'll get to that in the now when we talk about how to reheat leftovers. That's a fight. That's a fight for later. <laughs> right? Even when I was a kid, though, if there were fries, I don't care. There's still fries. I'd throw them in the microwave long enough just to get them warm uh, or hot. Yeah. Uh, with all away. the money you had, you didn't need to eat leftover fries. 
Yeah, didn't you have like a fry man? <laughs> Guy who just cut fries for you all day? I had no one to tend to my loaf. Oh, Jesus Christ. You brought it on yourself. Action oven these fries for me. <laughs> Jeeves, can you air fry these for me? Oh, no, sir. I, I, I could conviction oven them for you. You guys obviously don't own an air fryer. If you owned an air fryer, you would you would understand. <laughs> I mean, it is literally just a small convection oven. Yeah, literally. That, he's 100% right. <laughs> Agree to disagree. No, because facts are facts. You're a fact. Uh, yeah, artifact. I don't know how to take. A, I don't know how no. to take offense to that. I mean, it's true. So, Moving well, on. Yes. Jesus. <laughs> Why did the podcast break up? An argument <laughs> over air fryers. Who the hell saw that coming? <laughs> the next question is: Did you ever have someone else eat your leftovers, or did you eat theirs? What? Like, I'm, you, I'm assuming you're not talking about like a one-time thing. Like this is a standard. Well, because yeah, everybody like, has eaten somebody's leftovers at some point and had theirs eaten. So. But there's some there's some instances where you bring leftovers home and you'd have to hide them or you'd have to put your name on them or something and put them somewhere where they'd make it to the next day. Because there are people that will go in and eat them and you go in there and you're like, son yeah. of a bitch. And for, for the now, yeah, my my niece is notorious for that. She just goes, she'll, if, if there's something in the fridge and she wants it, she just heats it up and eats it. For for like you, Mike, for example, having, you know, five people in the house, did they make it to the next day if you brought home something from a restaurant or like, oh, was it for then I was wondering who the hell the fifth person was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm back living with you. You just don't know it. What? Shit. <laughs> that would be great. I just step out from behind you right now. <laughs> he's got some leftover fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and he's and he's frying chicken at the same time. <laughs> it smells delicious down here. Uh, no, it's, you know, here's the thing though: is we had the meal. Everybody had the meal. If you had the meal at, at, you know, we went out for pizza or something, went out somewhere and brought stuff home. Once it was in the Tupperware and in the fridge, fair game. Really, really, yeah. There was no. This is my fried chicken from yesterday. Once the meal time was over and it made it back to the fridge, you woke up. If I woke up in the middle of the night and ate it, that's totally fine. See, I'm with you when it comes to pizza or fried chicken or anything where there's one communal bucket. But what if everyone orders a different entree? You save yours. Is that exclusively your property, or once it hits the fridge, it, it's up for grabs? Up for grabs, unless huh. you unless hmm. you put if you put your name on it and be like, "Hey, I'm saving this because I work tomorrow and I want to have it for lunch at work." Yeah, okay, cool. So if you don't label it, it's just community. Right. Uh, that's kind of, yeah, I agree with that. No. Open seat. Yeah, I'm with it. If it was community food in general, I would say it's not forbidden, but it's at least polite to say, hey, you didn't finish your hamburger yesterday. I don't want it to go bad. Mind if I take it? See, I would go, I ate your hamburger. Well, see, and I know some people, though, that, you know, they go to the restaurant, they get the food, they bring it home, and they're like, I'm not going to eat this. If you want it, it's yours. And that's consistently what they do. They don't eat leftovers, period. They just bring them home for the other person that's in the house. And I know people like that. As far as I'm concerned, if if I ordered it at a restaurant, especially when I was a kid and I brought it home, it's mine. But like you're saying, if you go into the kernel, you bring home a bucket of chicken, that's anybody's. If you want it to be yours, just write your name on it. It's, it's pretty easy. Sure, if everybody that, respects that, that you know, yeah. then all good. All you got to do. You've met my brother. Man, that's true. That's a very good point. You probably should have had your own fridge in your room. <laughs> he probably did. <laughs> Are you calling him fat? 
I'm calling them rich. Oh, good point. I forgot already. Yeah. Food with people's names on it is the most delicious food. Like Jim. That's why that's why you can't work in an office anymore. Oh. You'll be like you'll be like the kid in kindergarten cop. <laughs> I, you know, I say that joke, but like, if that happened to me or I heard it happen to a coworker, that would make me so unreasonably angry, like way out of proportion with the actual offense. But that that happened at my job quite a bit, and they had to they had to start writing memos about That's it. That's for the but, now, anyway. Know, it was a big deal. Yeah, my my family. Uh, as far as like, how next question is how long were leftovers in your fridge? It kind of my answer to this question blends into that is because we didn't really have leftovers last too long because especially when i was young just tearing through everything leftovers hardly ever lasted more than a day anyway so Mm -hmm. there was never any problem with like if you wanted to make sure this one leftover was yours everybody knew it was yours and they had their own leftovers and you know if we went to a restaurant but if they were in there for more than a day yeah it was pretty much community property if you didn't eat it the next day it was it was subject to a takeover my mom has a bad habit of not paying attention to things and moving things around and things ending up in the back of the fridge. I'll have a story about that in the now, but sometimes things wouldn't last long. Like if there was fried chicken in there, it would be gone. Cause if nobody else ate it, I would, but there were sometimes I'd go in and I'd go to get like some ham to make a sandwich. And I'd find there's like a little baggie in there of something like, I don't know, <laughs> like leftover dinner rolls or another packet of ham that was further back in the the meat drawer and it was you know moldy or whatever and that it was not an uncommon occurrence now see there's been times where when i was a kid it was like oh this must be leftover and i'd eat it and then like dinner time would come over and they'd be like where the hell is all the ham i was like oh i thought it was leftovers i didn't even cook it yet how could you have eaten it it's you know if you're gonna use that for dinner mark it as dinner or tell me not to eat it especially if it's something that's pre-cooked like ham yeah. In general, like, I, I don't know anyone who buys uncooked hams. I don't know that I've ever even seen one. Yeah, I've seen them, but like, yeah. it's super rare. And usually only on the holidays, they'll have them. They don't, yeah. they don't normally carry. <laughs> of course it's rare. It's not cooked. Huh? Ham. I was just giving Joel the treatment he deserved. The ham treatment. <laughs> Gonna slap him with a ham. Ham fat. The Harlem ham fats. Right. I think that the leftovers that were most likely to go bad were probably sides that were barely large enough portions to save in the first place. Yeah, like three green beans. <laughs> right? What is with people that do that? Oh, there's two bites of this left. We must save it. No, just eat it. Yeah. Or throw it out because you're not going to keep it. It's just delayed garbage. <laughs> it's just garbage with extra steps. I'm going to hold on to this till it goes rotten, and then I'll throw it out. I'm trying to grow more green beans. Uh, <laughs> or if there was too much of it, like let's say you were you were going to like a picnic or a potluck or something, and you brought a giant thing of potato salad or coleslaw, and you brought it home after you were done, and it would just sit there because nobody would eat it. That that happens sometimes. Well, and there are definitely things that don't keep as well, especially like, I like a good stuffing, but if it's slightly dry, like three people stuffing for Thanksgiving, I'm moving right past that. Um, I'm sorry, Josh. If there's like three pans of stuffing and one of them's kind of dry, like that's not getting eaten. Yeah. Once again, it's just garbage with extra steps. You wait until it's gross to throw it out. I don't know if it was me and it was stuffing, it'd be gone. 
dude, I've had some stuffing that was basically just like old bread with a little dribble of gravy on it. It's like 10 years ago, I would have said the same thing, but I've since had some stuffings that were just like almost inedible while fresh and completely not edible after. Well, there's some foods that just do not do well as leftovers, like the restaurant hamburger. You bring that home, you try to reheat it, you can't because it's all stuck to the bread now, and God forbid you left the lettuce and tomato on there because now they're wilted, limp, and turned half with water. You know, what's what's some what's some food Tacos. back then? Taco. Oh, wow. oh, yeah, especially if it's a hard shell taco. Yeah, hard shell taco especially. Oh, yeah. hard yeah. shell tacos especially, yeah. Salad. Oh, yeah, salad never. Salad does not keep. Maybe, maybe overnight, maybe. But then after that, no, it just gets mushy and wilty and. Calamari. Calamari. Well, fried food in general is risky. Uh, yeah. Rice you need to prepare for because, like, if you reheat it incorrectly, it's not food anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not poisonous, but you're not going to want to eat it. The best way to reheat fried foods is in a convection oven. You mean an air fryer? Nice. Uh, so, did you guys have a favorite casserole when you were growing up? Or casseroles part of your food thing? For sure. In general, casseroles were one of the few things my mom could cook, as I alluded to. Uh, I remember that she made, like, I didn't even particularly like almost any of the ingredients in her tuna noodle casserole, but I liked the casserole. Like, I wasn't a huge fan of tuna. I wasn't necessarily a fan of cream and mushroom soup, and I didn't like peas. And this had all of those in it, and I liked it anyway. Hmm. She made noodles from scratch for it. Oh, wow. really? Yeah, like, ro- rolled out the dough on the counter and cut it into noodles. That That I have some fond memories of. That's cool. But I mean, my mom made about a casserole a week. So, yeah. Oh, there you go. And yeah, she was good. They were almost always delicious. So, not not one of those cooks like my mom where it's dry pork chops and cream chip beef. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Those were both like at least twice a month meals. That sounds good. My mom made a a tuna casserole that I liked. I, I don't know that I could tell you much about it now anymore, but. I think if I remember right, it involved macaroni and cheese, like the box mac and cheese with tuna. And I think she put peas in it. Maybe sounds weird, but mm-hmm. no peas and tuna salad is fairly standard. Yeah. yeah I was just saying, Like I literally just talked about a tuna casserole with peas in it. Oh, sorry. I got to get a drink and <laughs> tuna, tuna casserole. I mean, I said tuna salad, but you know what I meant? I follow you. So I would say that probably uh, tuna, tu- the tuna casserole was my favorite. We didn't have a lot of casseroles. My mom was not a casserole making person. The closest thing to that we would, I mean, one of the, one of her fallbacks was the uh, in the box potatoes of gratin that we would do every now and then. But her biggest thing was, um, I don't know if Pat ever had it, but she makes a wicked uh, lasagna. Yeah, I've had her lasagna. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, she does. She makes very good lasagna. No leftovers yeah. on lasagna. Like, I don't think I've ever seen lasagna not be finished. Really? Then you're not making mm-hmm. enough lasagna. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I just eat more. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, lasagna is so filling. I can't finish a whole, you know, nine yeah. by 12 platter of it. I can't do it. Nope. I'm one. Nope. I hate Mondays away from being a cartoon cat. <laughs> well, are you fond of Mondays? Come on. Just be honest. Oh, John. <laughs> yeah. Lasagna was always left over. Then now. Wow. What were your, fa- what were your favorite casseroles? As a kid, 
Mine was the tuna. I, I that sounds like three votes for tuna and one for I didn't have casserole. Yeah, we didn't really do casseroles were not a thing in my house. Hmm. So you like that lasagna casserole. Lasagna casserole, yes. Like I've since I discovered casseroles that I like better, but tuna was the one I remember having more than once as a kid. Did your mom usually go with breadcrumb topping or with a cheese topping? Yes. Both, huh? Hmm. I don't remember a topping. Maybe So it's probably cheese then, yeah. My mom kind of alternated it. Sometimes it would have cheese and sometimes it would have breadcrumbs. Sometimes it would have the French's fried onions. Oh, that's the shit. Oh, man. I could eat fried onions straight out of the can. I do. They they sell them in a big bag now, and uh, they also have pickles like that, but they're weird. Really? Yeah. I think I'd like that. Uh, So did I. You got to shake the can up because all the like little bit of salt that's on there falls to the bottom and it just tastes like lamb. Store it upside down so that way when you open it, all the salt falls down on everything. I just shake it up. Crispy fried pickles? But then you break up all the pickles if you shake it. Trust me, you don't. You'll you'll (laughs) go go find it at at some point. I'm not a big fried pickle fan, so, but I mean, I might buy it for my It's just like, you know, it's like the crispy onions. It's just pickles. All right, and then one of the big reasons for this topic, let's talk about post-holiday leftovers, your Thanksgiving leftovers, your Christmas leftovers, and Easter meal leftovers. Every time you went to a family's house, you always got a plate to go. Yes. Go to Thanksgiving. Would you like a plate to go? Oh, hell yeah. Uh, yeah? You know, one of the best things in the world, the Thanksgiving night leftover sandwich. Hells yes. We've talked about that uh, in several shows. Yep. Mm. Oh my God. When I was growing up, anytime we went to my grandma's house for, and we usually went there for Christmas and sometimes Thanksgiving, she'd make a huge meal for dinner. And then usually around like six or seven o'clock, we'd play a game of some sort like trivial pursuit or cards or whatever. And then after the game was over, it was time for either pie cake or leftovers or all of the above. And I, that's good stuff. When I had the food truck, the grilled cheese truck, my November sandwich of the month was a leftover turkey sandwich, grilled cheese. And my God, was that delicious. It was cranberry sauce. No, cranberry mustard. I had cranberry mustard and turkey and the five cheesy pieces, uh, stuffing, gravy, and it was on a ciabatta bun. Oh, delicious. Really brain? (laughs) (laughs) That was one of my one of my favorite. Sandwiches made on the truck. I want that sandwich. And you know what else was good is like the pies also. It seems like they got better the next day. Like the like the pumpkin pie just got a little bit firmer and the you know, it just everything was just a little bit better, especially when you're eating it in the middle of the night trying to hide from everybody. (laughs) (laughs) You're shaving a little off the side. The pumpkin pie filling would always be better, but the crust would then be too soggy. Yeah. There's like this tiny little like hour or two window you have to find to have the perfect slice of pumpkin pie before the crust gets too soggy and the filling is just right. You know, it's a happy feeling though when you go to the fridge after a big meal like that and you see just like all these either Tupperware containers or containers with tinfoil on top and you know that there's all this food left under there and you start pulling it out and you make a plate just like you had for dinner earlier or the day before. It's like going to a buffet. 
And it's the inverse amount of unhappiness on day five when you open it up. You're like, there's still leftovers. Oh, no. I was still like, heck, yeah. Load me up. Oh, not by day five. I'm like, okay, we need to throw this out. I'm tired of yams. Well, if it's yams, I would have said that after the the day. But Really? Yeah, I'm not. I mean, every once in a while I get a craving, but not. I can't judge too much because I don't do green beans at all. So, like. My experience with the fried onions, like I don't do the three bean casserole because I, I don't like most of the beans in it. Hmm. I mean, I like a good green bean casserole. Well, and that, that usually has uh, French French's fried onions on top. Yep. yep. It's part of the enjoyment. Uh, but all of the enjoyment for me. Loving. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Now I want it to be a holiday, so we can have leftovers. I mean, you could just cook a turkey. I know. I keep yeah. I keep talking about doing that and haven't. You have to get an air fryer big enough for it, though. It'd just be a regular size convection oven at that point. <laughs> the tub of whatever gets stuck in the back of the fridge. Stuff gets moved around. You have leftovers. You go buy more groceries. It gets pushed around. What is the worst thing that you remember opening or being opened in your home when you were a kid? The apartment fridge. I was going to say, I think almost everybody's story, at least three of us, is the same. When you go into our fridge and open a can, it's like, why are there raisins in this can? (laughs) Those are olives. Those are olives. (laughs) Yep. There had been times in in my house where my mom had gone to get something out of the fridge, found the tub in the back, and just closed it up and threw the whole thing away. And I'm sitting there like, that's a good piece of tub. Nope, you don't want to open that. I do or, that so often now. Oh, or you ever reuse like a butter tub? Yep. I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. And you're like, oh, cool. Here's some more butter. Blah. You know, nope. <laughs> yeah. My mom. <laughs> Where did we eat an Ewok? <laughs> it's fuzzy refried beans. <laughs> my mom loved using reusing butter containers or like cool whip containers. And yeah, yeah there, there are a countless number of times when I would go to the fridge, be looking for something to eat. Didn't want anything that was, you know, in the front. Start, you know, pushing things aside to see if there's anything that had gotten shuffled in the back from the day before or a couple days before. Finding one of those containers, opening it up and going, because there was something fuzzy in there. Oh, Yeah, we would we would have cleaning days for the fridge where we would just dig out everything. And, and it was like I said before, it was like, you know, a container with like five green beans in it that suddenly was like a small forest you know, cleaning all that and then the dishwasher, then you wind up washing nothing but Tupperware for the next half an hour. We were pretty good in the in the house about not eating each other's food though. I mean I would, I'm actually impressed that we didn't really have a whole lot of issues with you know people eating leftovers. I, I mean we joke about being inconsiderate, but that's one of those things that I think is sacrosanct. Like at least you ask. Yeah, it's different when it's family versus roommates. True. For sure. Yes. As much as we fuck with each other, we actually do respect each other. So we don't really cross lines. We shouldn't anyway. I try. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're talking about me, my, I don't know if I have lines. <laughs> More just uh, suggestions. Right, so is, is this reaching the back of the food forest territory? Or are, we, are we ready to move on to fresher things that are in the front? Yeah. Ah, I think that's, that's it. Nice, nice. Ah, like that play. Good joke, Alexander Fleming. Julian Fellows. <laughs> All right. So we're going to take a quick break, check what's in the fridge, come back down, and talk about leftovers now. Leftovers from. I thought it was Willard Scott, <laughs> driver of the Heapmobile. 
It's Herbie Hancock. Uh, we'll be back in a bit. Time to tend to my loaf. I'm going to be so upset when that bread is terrible tomorrow. So now, like a half-eaten breaded pork chop wrapped up in tin foil in the back of the fridge, we're back to talk about leftovers again. And some of us are moldy. Some of us are moldy. Are we? Is that a thing? Is that something I got to watch out for? <laughs> As you get older, <laughs> yep. Do you still like leftovers now? Well, at least two of us do, because we were just both eating leftovers. I know. I ran upstairs and got myself some leftover roasted sweet potatoes and um, baby Brussels sprouts. I had a leftover ham sandwich for lunch today. Yeah. And I had some leftover quesadilla. And I had leftovers for dinner, actually. Some leftover rotisserie chicken and some corn on the cob. And I like leftovers so much, I just make food and throw it right in the fridge. I don't even eat it. <laughs> there you go. I've done that. Well, I was joking. Well, sometimes you're you're joking, but at the same time, there's been days where, like, if I make chili. I'll oh, yeah, make, yeah. Uh, yeah, chili is going to be for dinner tonight and lunch for the next three days. And chili gets better the longer it sits around, usually, until it, it turns the corner. Right, for sure. Although chili, like, I'll make a big pot of chili, and it's still probably just a two-day thing, because we'll knock out most of a couple quarts of chili, just leaving enough left for sauce for chili mac for the next day. Yeah, I have never once made chili and had chili go bad in my fridge. (laughs) Yeah. It does not make it. Mm Mm-hmm. Although I can say, aside from the chili to chili mac, leftovers for dinner are usually a little bit rare around here just because there's usually not enough for dinner portions, unless uh, Sarah and I are each having two different kinds of leftovers. Now, do you have like a leftover day? I mean, we don't really have to schedule our meals out like that with just two of us. That's usually just lunch typically is more of a leftover situation than dinner. Dinner's usually set meals for each day of the week. And then Laura and I will usually have leftovers on Mondays. Yeah. It's not typically scheduled for family meals. Yeah. We usually have like three or four planned out meals and then whatever that fifth day is leftover day. Or it depends on how busy we are. Like more often than not on Thursdays is dad gets home from work. Hey, what's in the fridge? Go eat that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the only uh, planned meals I I can think of having are pizzas on Thursdays when we record the show. And if we've got uh, a gaming event, we're probably doing takeout that night and then takeout leftovers the next day. Even if we get done with gaming early, neither of us wants to cook afterwards. I mean, we just pretty much like we don't schedule a day for leftovers. But yeah, we we do eat a ton of leftovers in this house. Yeah. When I cook, I tend to cook a lot of food. It's just habit. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the same for me. It's like coming from a five-person house when I would make dinner when I was a kid. And one of the things Susanna was always on me about was like, I'd make a casserole or I'd make food or I'd make pork chops or chicken breast or whatever. And instead of making two, I'd make like six. She's like, why the hell do you make so much food? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to make less. <laughs> and that's really it. And there's only four of us in this house, but every time I make sandwiches or something, like if I make Rubens, I always make eight to ten just because I know people want to have seconds or they're going to want to have leftovers or whatever. Mm-hmm. I've always been a minimalist when it comes to that. And so I'd make just enough for that meal and then maybe there'd be leftovers. But 
I've gotten a little bit better with that, especially, you know, now that we're shopping once every two weeks instead of once a week. Uh, yeah, but I, I typically don't cook for too many more people than are here. Oh, I always, even when I lived by myself, I still made, you know, enough to have leftovers. I just, too many years in the, in restaurants, I just, I don't know how to cook for one. Mm-hmm. So if you have a favorite recipe, what's something that you actually look forward to having as leftovers? Well, we already mentioned chili. For sure. That's the big one. Yeah. That's the only one that I, w- I will do it with the actual joke I made and make it and put it away. Outside of the holiday leftovers, ham, like usually I'll make ham and cheesy potatoes and dinner rolls or something. That is probably my favorite leftovers, but uh, meatloaf and then the, we have a cheesy chicken casserole that I make. That's always good for leftovers. I always look forward to those because there's extra. Hmm. Jambalaya, even though it's a, a rice dish, uh, is just as good on the second day. And I, I, I look forward to it, whether it's day one or day two. Usually it doesn't last past two, though. Gumbo, the same thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I've got a Cajun green stew. So I'll slice up sweet onion, toss in mustard onion, collard greens into a, a crock pot with some chicken broth, diced chicken or shrimp or something like that. Put it all in there, let it all simmer down and let the greens wilt. But I put in some of that either um, Slap Your Mama or Tony, uh, what's his name's? Romo? Chicherry's. Tony, yeah. yeah. Tony Chicherry's spice. Yeah. I'll put some of that in there. And the thing is, I'll put in just enough that if you eat it, right after I finish cooking it, it's not too hot, but then there's always leftover and that just sits and that spice just really absorbs into the greens. So it's always kind of funny because like when the girls go back to get it like a day later or something and it's twice as hot as it was, but as it was when they ate it earlier. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) the little, the little thing. I made French onion soup and at the end of it, I I put some uh, cognac in it. And the next day when my mom went to eat it, she's like, Ooh, I think I got a little buzz. (laughs) (laughs) Soups and stews, that's definitely something that, especially the last couple months, though, used to be a big dinner for one night. Like, if it's a good one, we might have two or three bowls, and then there'll be lunch for a couple days until we get bored, and then it goes bad. Mm. <laughs> like, I, I, unfortunately, that is the most likely to just become not food anymore, because we got sick of it for two lunches in a row and ignored it until we weren't sure if it was safe anymore. And it's a shame because you try to look that up online and there's only two types of people in that conversation when you're asking, how long is soup good for? There's the guy who's like, I just ate half a pizza that was under my couch and I didn't die. (laughs) And then there's the other guy who's like, any food left on the counter for longer than 15 seconds is poison. (laughs) It's it's the Oscar versus Felix. Uh Yeah. Those are the only two people. So you can never get an accurate number like, okay, throw it out after day six. I blew my girls' minds once when we had we had a movie night. We ordered pizza, and it, the movie went was longer than we expected. We all went to bed. So the next morning, they get up, and I'm sitting on the couch and drinking a cup of coffee and eating the cold pizza that's been sitting on the living table for overnight. And they were just like, "What? How can you do that, Mama? Look at what he's doing. He, that's been sitting out all night. Daddy's gonna die. Oh my God! I'm like that." Ah. Trust me, Daddy's had a lot worse. Yeah, living on the cave. Mm-hmm. I, I was known to. It's not like not dangerous, but it's it's pretty pretty low chance you'll get something from just overnight. Oh yeah, I remember I I had a half a sandwich that I left out that or somebody left out that had mayo on it from sub teas, and I ate it the next day. I didn't die. 
that doesn't make it like the smartest move, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a, it's, you're rolling the dice basically. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes, you know, you roll a one and sometimes you roll a six. <laughs> uh, we did that with pizza a lot though. Pizza be left out on a, oh, I did that with BG fries once too, but pizza yeah, I, be left out. I will no longer eat food that's been left out. I'm not saying I've never done it, but yeah, I don't know that I do it now, but at the time. Yeah. When I was younger, you know, my gut was a little bit better shape. You didn't have a, such a yeah, and just my my sensibilities were a little more like towards the you know, eh, what what could it do to me? Who cares? But I'm one of those people that if it's been in the fridge a week, I'm not afraid to still eat it. I might smell it first, depending on what it is, but it, chances are I, I would still eat it after seven days. After that, I'd get a little I'd get a little questionable. I I always go by the smell test. I don't necessarily. I mean. When you're working in, when you're serving the public food, you have to be a lot more strict than you yeah. are when you're serving yourself. So yeah, I definitely don't mind eating stuff that even past the expiration date on it, as long as you look at it and smell it and make sure because well, expiration dates are mainly just about selling. Not supposed to sell it to the public after this, but it doesn't mean it this magically turns bad on that day. Right. Mm-hmm. Working in grocery, you really learn that. There's yep. stuff that <laughs> they're like, there's stuff I probably shouldn't have eaten. But I was just like, yeah, I've had worse. Look, it's the expiration date. It's not an expiration. It's just when the food starts to get a little bit less quality. That's what it, yeah, that's like. So yeah, that kind of slides us into the next bullet point is like, how long have you left stuff in the fridge as far? And Joel says he has a story and I'm going to tell mine first. So to to, kind of hopefully lead into his. Do it. When I worked at the only office job I've ever had in my life. With me. Yep. There was a particular time when, for some reason, I was just broke as shit and didn't have a dollar to me waiting for the next payday because I had just never in my life, I'd always worked for tips, so I'd never in my life learned how to live from paycheck to paycheck because I was just used to, like, whatever, if I need money, I'll just go to work. And next thing I know, I got money in my pocket. So it was a completely foreign thing for me to, to, to try to adjust to. So I was maybe like two months into the job or something, and I was just completely broke. And I'd gone home after work and discovered like a half-eaten Taco Burrito King burrito in the back of my fridge that I had forgotten about. I literally had no idea how long it had been in there. And I was just like, well, it's food. I can eat it. It's probably not going to be good for me, but at least it will satiate my hunger. And then tomorrow I get paid and I'll be fine. And so like the next day I go into work and um, I'm going to name somebody that Joel remembers, Aaron. Oh, yeah. I'm still friends with her. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Came up to me at one point and I'm sitting in my cubicle and she, apparently I was like some shade of green, she said, and my stomach was <laughs> killing me and I was just hunched over with my head on the cubicle desk. She's like, what happened to you? I was like, I think I ate a bad burrito. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I mean, no, you were man, down. Man. you were down one point for the fact that it was a Taco Burrito King burrito sitting in there. Oh, I love Taco Burrito King. What are you talking about? So did did you not smell it first or just didn't care? I couldn't care. I just, I was hungry and that was the only thing that I, and I had no money to buy anything else. And I'm like, I, I can't just not eat. So I, I took, I remember I took it out and I cut the end, the end off and I'm like, the rest of this has got to be fine. It's wrapped in tortilla. You know, E. Cola, I can't get through tortilla. <laughs> See, when the end dries up, kill myself. When the end dries up, that's like that's like a Tupperware seal, yeah. right? And then exactly, you exactly. cut it down like, to the juicy part. It was like, I mean, I don't know if you know this, Josh, but the inside of a mummy is still fresh. I mean, I've eaten a bit of leftover mummy. Who hasn't? <laughs> chewy, it's chewy. 
So, Joel, what is your story? It's on the same lines, sort of. My parents were getting ready for a trip. They were going to be going overseas, going to be gone for a while. And they're like, and I was living with them at the time. So Amy and I were there and we were eating dinner. And they're like, we're going to have leftovers tonight because, you know, we're leaving. We want to try and clear the fridge out. And we're like, okay, cool. So it's got all this food on the the table. And I notice one of the things that's there, there's a, some fried chicken. And I'm like, when did we have fried chicken? And I'm, you know, eating it and it tastes a little off. And I'm like, mom, I don't remember us having fried chicken anytime recently. And she's like, oh, it's been in there a little bit. I'm like looking over at Amy. I'm like, how long ago did we have? And she's like, I don't know, maybe like a month ago. My mom's like, yeah, that sounds about right. And, <laughs> and I said, mom, you can't eat leftover food that's been in the fridge for a month she's like it's okay it was in the back of the fridge it's colder back there that's because you know why i bet you had a can of mountain dew back there (laughs) that might have that might have been it nice because you know sometimes things in the back i guess would freeze or get colder i don't know but i'm like my dad just keeps eating i'm like dad you're gonna be taking an, an over overseas flight and you're i'm like all right life's in your own hands feel sorry for whoever sits next but to them they were fine uh, you know they come from a different era i guess with depression and all but yeah i i immediately stopped i didn't well, no wonder she's much. depressed she's eating month-old chicken exactly yes economic depression is a different era try to bring things down a little bit <laughs> <laughs> so anyway yeah needless to say i stopped eating immediately so remember i was talking about people who wrap up three green beans that's my father-in-law. We will go to their house. We'll be over by them. We'll go out to dinner, whatever. It's, oh, you got, you only ate the top part of your, uh, your roll there. Well, let's just toss that here. Next thing, you, like I said, you literally will have like three green beans in there. And <laughs> it's, you go into the fridge in the middle of the night because you want like just a quick snack. And you can't do it because you, un- you wind up unwrapping like 15 packages just to get a mouthful. And from what I understand, I mean, like you said, Josh, Joel was saying, like, for another era, that may be it. It's save it all because you might not, hey, you know, you got to have it for later. But on the other hand of it, like my grandmother, we go out to the restaurant. Hey, we want to take this home? Nah, forget it. Leave it. We don't need it. That was, she like went flip, flip flop completely on that. She was not about having uh, leftovers anymore. We throw out way too much food. We're getting better about it. But like some of it is just like you buy something for a recipe or two gets pushed to the back. But like just literally today, I didn't have any uh, sliced cheese. So I put shredded cheese on the sandwich and I saw one that was green and fuzzy. It's like, well, fuck. Yeah. That's the worst when you're like halfway through eating it and that's when you notice, oh, this is moldy. Well, no, I picked off the one that was green and fuzzy, threw it out, looked at the rest of it, smelled it, threw the rest of the bag out and ate the sandwich. I'm fine. But like this happens a lot where it's like we'll get a package and we'll eat all but one of them, especially because like Sarah doesn't like to eat the last of anything. It's impolite. So sometimes I there will be lots of rotten things with one item left in it. Because mm. I didn't get to it in time, or it's so small because there's just one left, it gets pushed. Mm-hmm. See, Joel, how about you with the kids with the leftovers on their plates? Are you that dad? The only time I'll save something like that, let's say like the quesadilla example. You know, they they had two 
full, you know, a half a, a quesadilla left, hadn't touched it, no bites out of it, nothing like that. So I'll save it for them to eat for the next day. And if they don't and I need a meal for some reason, then I'll eat it. But I'll only save something if it's if it's untouched. If somebody's taking a bite out of it or whatever, unless it's me or them and they want to save it, that's the only reason to save it. But I'm not taking stuff on the plate and putting it back into a Tupperware container or whatever. See, I'm typically. I'm the interceptor between the plate and the fridge for leftovers. I'm I'm finished with I'm, I've eaten all I can eat on this. See if dad wants it. You're the cleaner. I'm the cleaning. I'm the cleaning squad to the point where Suzanne's like, listen, you got to stop that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll like half a burger, two bites of a taco, you know, I'll, yeah, sure. Here, I'll eat it and finish that off. That's the worst when there's not enough to save and it's something that's good. So you really don't want to see it thrown out. Right. And so you eat when you're already full. Right. Like two or three bites of cheesy potatoes. It's like cheesy potatoes don't go in the garbage. That's not a thing. But I really don't need two or three more bites of cheesy potatoes. Yes, you do. No, no, I don't. I want cheesy. I'm going to go get myself some cheesy potatoes right now. I'm not saying I don't want them. I'm saying like my pants are already elastic. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You know what is really good for leftovers is spicy Asian food because it's, it's that same instance, like with the, uh, the Cajun stew that I make, it starts out, I get it. I order it. I get it with some of the, some of the red peppers in there, get it mildly spicy. The kids have some of it. They have, you know, we go to the eat family style. So I have like a, maybe a half a container left of it. The kids liked it, but you take it and you make sure those peppers are in there. And you put them in the fridge and those leftovers will just bake with those peppers in there and get doubly in quad. Like it's almost geometrically hot by the time you finally get to them the next day, which is just my way of like almost like putting my name on it. <laughs> you can eat it, but you're going to suffer. Yeah, right? you, can eat, you can eat these uh, spicy green beans. Oh, no, you have them. There's <laughs> <laughs> only three of them left, so I don't know. It's... So that's a good transition because Asian food is hard to heat up. So how... How do you, what's, what's the best way to heat up different leftovers? I'm going to kick this off with a new way that I have for heating up pizza that I really enjoy. It's heating it up in a skillet. Skillet? Yeah. Now put it in the skillet and just crisp it up for like a minute or so. And then you put the lid on and it almost like steams itself. And then the cheese melts nicely and everything. And it, it's almost like making your pizza fresh again. Huh. I got tired just listening to that. <laughs> I am not going through all that effort. It's not. It's literally. Oh, what? You th- throw a piece of pizza in the skillet and then put a lid on that. That's tough. I mean, You're not, you don't even have to add anything to it. You just throw. Yes. You have to clean the skillet. You have to heat it up. You got, I mean, if honestly, if it's or, not. Or just package, use a pan. That's fine. Package microwave eat. That's as much effort as I'm willing to do. And sometimes I skip the microwave. Uh, see, that's why I love I love making my leftovers just as good as they were the day I ate them. So I like doing that. See, Chinese food reheating, like egg rolls never reheat right. So I will eat cold egg rolls. Oven. The key to Chinese food, if you are lazy and want to reheat it, is sauce. Like you can dump sauce all over something and it'll microwave just fine. Mm-hmm. See, now, well, the egg rolls I'll eat, but like like a chicken fried rice or something, what I'll do is I'll put it in a bowl put a little bit of water in there and then put the saran wrap over the top. So it kind of steams the rice while it's in there. Yep. That's my go-to. Yeah. I'll, 
I'll usually take like, because whatever I get is going to have a sauce, whether it's like a spicy garlic or whether it's a curry or something, there's going to be a liquid that came with the vegetables and meat. That liquid goes on the rice, it goes in the microwave, and it's delicious every time. I try to avoid using the microwave as much as I can, period. You know, I don't I don't like relying on it to heat my leftovers. I use the stove or the oven or something, you know. Sit on it for an hour. I'm not, I'm not above using the microwave. I just prefer to reheat in some other way because I don't like – I love the microwave's convenience, but I don't like how it just alters the food so much. As far as I'm concerned, it just depends on what I'm ma- what I'm reheating. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, if it's a, a, a sandwich and it's not the, the hamburger situation where it kind of all sticks together, you can take the bread off. You know, you heat the meat like uh, that's a good example. We're throwing it on in, in an oven at a low temperature and putting the bread on a cookie tray and then putting the meat on there or an air fryer. Yes. God forbid we talk about the air fryer. I was like, shit, if he says fucking air fryer, you, <laughs> either way, it it. It it almost toasts the bread, heats it up, and gets the the meat hot. And I I've never had a problem with Chinese food. Uh, egg rolls usually don't last anyway, so those don't, those are never an issue. Yeah, yeah. So I like to take those when they're fresh. But pizza is the same thing. Throw pizza some some form of heating up outside of a microwave. Putting pizza in the microwave unless it's like just for like twelve seconds, just enough to warm it. Uh, yeah, pizza in the microwave is a bad idea. Typically, it was so soggy. Or, or you overcook it and it makes it chewy. Yeah. And I will admit that I'm probably not the like the guide rule, considering I will eat Chef Boyardee straight out of the can. Ugh. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Oh, there's a lot wrong Done with that. that. No, dude, I've been doing it so long that it doesn't taste right warm anymore. I've done that. No, I'm just mainly like talking about eating Chef Boyardee, period. I am not a fan of Chef Boyardee at all. Dude, the ravioli is great. Oh no, it is not. Because my my niece is at you know she she used to enjoy it. She doesn't anymore. But like so about a year or two ago, I tried one just out of curiosity to see if you knew. Yeah, for me that's camp food. I'll just take a fork and a can and I'm good. I mean, I can eat it. It's not like you know repulsive or anything. But it's just I, it's just so bland and so just dog food wrapped in bad pasta. Diaper. Yeah, just no. I don't like it. It's good, cheap food if you've got no other option, but I wouldn't eat it intentionally. Uh, you've heard the Patton Oswalt bit. It's like, what am I having for my meal? Lack of effort. <laughs> that is that is my go-to. If I'm cooking, I am cooking. If I'm not cooking, fuck it. I can't even just make a simple sandwich. I can. I always tell myself, dude, just go in there and throw some mayo on bread and throw some cheese and some meat and be done. Next thing I know, it's half an hour later and I'm toasting up, you know, pine nuts for the pesto i'm gonna make or something I'm like, peanut butter miracle whip bread duh. Oh, oh, oh no we will not discuss we're peanut not butter going miracle back whip. here again oh <laughs> i don't want to go back here again i will not talk about the air fryer again as long as we want to talk about that but you guys are missing out see josh i'm with you for lunches where like i will i'll take a container of the mustard and just sit there with the ham roll up the ham dip it in the mustard and eat it straight out without it's you know, there's more than once. Yeah, it's fine. It's, and there's been more than once where you know, even Suzanne's like, you're going to use a plate for your meal today? I'm like, nah, I got a jar. <laughs> Why dirty a dish? Right, exactly. We go through so many paper plates and sometimes paper plates seem like so much effort that I've just got a sheet of paper towel. I did that with a bagel yesterday. It's just like, why even waste a paper plate? I have a perfectly good sheet of paper towel here. 
Wow. Oh, I've done that before. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, toast up a bagel or whatever kind of breakfast, whatever, and just, you know, put it in a napkin. Yeah. Bagel, pop tarts, that kind of thing. Yeah. I've done that. And probably the lack of effort dinners are going to be like your Stouffer's, whatever, that just like put it on a cookie sheet in the oven for 40 minutes and you have food. It's not mm-hmm. great, but. I, oh, I, I can't eat that stuff. I don't know why. It's just I'm such a snob about things. It's like, That's why. I, I don't even, when I, when I make casseroles, I don't even use the cream of, you know, the Campbell's cream of soups. I make my own like chicken broth and, and half and half. With <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, like, I'm making a casserole. Looks like you're making cream of mushroom soup. Well, how do you start? <laughs> Why are you not taking Some of the cooking soups are great, though. Like, I, I, I've used to use for, it's almost a casserole, like mac and cheese. I do a baked mac and cheese with the cheddar cheese soup. Just don't thin it. Like, that is your start instead of making a roux and then a cheese sauce. Mm. Like love, I love making a roux and a cheese something, you know, make a, I love doing that stuff. That's but that's I, your thing. You, dishes. You like to cook though. I mean, yeah. you, w- when you cook, you want to enjoy your food and you want to make it the best way possible. I made a casserole this week, just in honor of this show. One of, one of my famous casseroles, chicken cordon bleu casserole. And it's really fucking good. But I made that for the family this week. And it, while I was in the middle of like step four or whatever, my 12 year old niece, I was like, you have no idea how lucky you are to have me in this house. It's like, I should be cooking for some dignitaries and shit. And instead you're getting like chicken cordon bleu casserole. <laughs> like my talents are being wasted. You know, what's funny though, is Pat sitting here talking about, you know, making a roux and doing all this stuff and then, and, and kind of dissing Josh for eating Chef Boyardee out of a can. And yet he's the man that makes Kool-Aid with an entire bag of sugar. <laughs> but it's not leftover Kool-Aid. And you pick your spots. Like, I definitely will eat a can of Chef Boyardee and then spend a week and a half baking a one loaf of bread that cost me $75. Yeah. Or or you'll smoke meat for days on end. Yes. And that's mm-hmm. the thing is if that's it's either all or nothing, I think. Like, like I said, if I'm cooking, I'm cooking. Right. Yeah, see, I try I try to be casual and stuff. And it's just so hard for me to do because it's like. I don't know. The you, older I get, the more I, the more fancy my food gets. You yeah, like food, and I got yeah. news for you, Pat. It's always been fancy. You've always been this way. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Like Josh said, if I'm making dinner, if I, if I'm making a meal, I'm making a meal. Now, there's times where I'm just like, I mean, we're like for dinner this last Saturday. I went into the fridge, opened it up, took anything in a Tupperware, anything in a container, threw it all across the kitchen counter. There's dinner. Pick what you want. Eat it. Whatever's left, throw it away. One, we need more room in the fridge. And two, I'm not even sure what half that shit is. It's meat cake. Meat cake. <laughs> meat cake. Especially when you put it in the All right, throw away two casseroles, because Pat's already kind of gone there, but like favorite casseroles or signature casseroles for us? I can't. Here, here's the thing. Is one, I didn't really grow up with casseroles. Two, I can't really do casseroles because Suzanne is lactose intolerant. Ooh. Uh, no cheese. That's no cheese. No cream. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the base of all casseroles for the and most I, part. You know, and I'm not going to make like the huge casserole for me and the girls and then tell Suzanne, you know, here, have, you know, a leftover ham sandwich because that's just going <laughs> to. Well, there are some that don't require those items. Like when I was growing up, well, I just I just thought of this. My mom used to make a football casserole or actually it was my dad's recipe. And then my mom started making it over the years. And it was a football <laughs> no, but she, it was, it it was be, made of pigskin. It would be made for football games because, you know, you'd have a bunch of people over and you'd make mm-hmm. a casserole. But it was more like 
I'm trying to think of what all was in it, like onions and it's got a bunch of different vegetables and kind of like a stock to it. Like, uh, I don't want to say like a stew, but it's more like a stew than a soup. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost, but it's, it's a little thicker than that, but it's, it's a casserole that doesn't have cheese or (laughs) cream in it. Um, I'll have to see if I can get a recipe and share it with you guys. But nowadays, cheesy chicken casserole that I mentioned earlier is kind of my only casserole that I make. And there was a, an original base recipe, but I'm the kind of person that if there's a recipe, I like to tweak it because nine times out of 10 after I make it, I'm like, eh, this needs a little bit of this or this has too much of that or whatever. And I'll keep messing with it until I get it to where it's exactly what I like or what everybody likes. And it's the same thing with that. Like I've started adding bacon to the cheesy chicken casserole and I've used different kinds. Instead of just cheddar, I'll add, you know, mozzarella or another cheese for the the top layer add different spices to it, got more garlic, things like that, and kind of tweak it. And that one always is is my go-to. Hmm. See, I know I've done some casseroles on purpose, like a, a ham casserole with cheesy potatoes and whatever. I've definitely also made accidental casseroles that started as skillets but were failed skillets. And it's like, shit, this is a casserole now. <laughs> Throw hmm. more cheese on it, put some breadcrumbs on it, put some butter in. Now it's a casserole. Yeah. Probably the one that I haven't had in a long time that's my favorite was a recipe stolen from Paula Dean, which is a, a, a garlic cheese grits that are, is cooked with chicken stock that is cooked so thick that you can actually cut slices of it. Ooh. Yeah, ton of butter, ton of milk, ton of cheese. It's really good. It's, it Sounds is a heart attack, yeah. heart attack in a slice, but it is so good. It's just ground corn and cheese with butter. Sounds good. It's like almost like a lotus. Do you guys save mm. breakfast leftovers? Yeah. I mean, yeah. like uh, leftover scrambled eggs. Maybe there's a slice of bacon, but like if there's a tiny bit of scrambled eggs, the dogs get them. They love eggs. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you, yeah. Yeah. That's actually true. Now, now that I have a dog. I mean, all the dogs here like eggs, but it depends on how many eggs are left. I mean, if I, there's like two eggs that have been scrambled that are still left in the pan and then there's still hash browns or whatever bacon i'll save that because that's you know that's a lunch tomorrow or that's a a full meal yeah or it's a breakfast burrito if you've got some tortillas on hand you know you throw it all in and heat it up and throw it in and there you go just wrap it in the tortilla you know the tortilla can keep that uh e coli away so that's true good for like a month just science (laughs) man well real quick aside just following that that logic just as a general question that has nothing to do with the topic but it is food related if you guys have a loaf of bread or let's say like a uh, rolls that are in, in your, wherever you keep your bread and there's just like a little tiny piece of, of mold on it, even just a little like round thing, just small. Do you toss the whole loaf? Or do you pull that little piece off and eat it? You're Not assuming that. I check the bread before I put it in my mouth. <laughs> yes. Assuming you <laughs> well, check the, the loaf before. There's, you there's been it. multiple times where. Either I've noticed or Suzanne has told me the food you're eating is moldy. Yeah, considering um, that I have I am allergic to penicillin, I'm actually pretty panicky about mold. Just for I don't risk it. So if there's any mold on the loaf, I, I just throw the whole thing. And that's a health concern for you specifically. I mean, that's that's a little different. Yeah, I don't want to risk it. Yeah. I know it's I know it's like a long shot that one tiny little bot you know spot of mold has already developed penicillin into penicillin. But why risk it? Yeah, I'll buy another loaf. Josh? Pretty bad when it comes to bread. Like, all of the middle slices of the bread get eaten as bread, assuming that we're eating them, like, at a good 
pace. Then like the outer ones near the heel are edible only as toast. And heels don't get eaten. They get thrown away. See, I use the heels as a treat for the dogs. Should do that. that. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I literally (laughs) threw away two today. Probably should have uh, given them to the dog. Yeah, I, I save that until they there's need a treat for whatever, and I yeah, that's that's what they get. I eat, I eat the heel all the time. Yeah, but you're in defeat. I just I know a lot of people do. I just don't. Yeah, that they call that the dad slice here. <laughs> yeah, my dad, my dad liked it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Casserole recipe that you've created instead of like following a recipe. No, this is kind of good. This is going back to the then. Back when Susan and I were still dating, we were at her apartment. Do you want to get dinner? No, it's too late. Everything's closed. Don't want to go out. Well, what do we got in the house? What do we got in the apartment? I made her a casserole because she had like a thing of poppin' fresh biscuits in the fridge, or a can of cream of mushroom soup, and like some, you know, there was like some chicken in the fridge. She had some leftovers, and I put like the biscuits in the bottom of the pan and let those bake, and then put the chicken, put the cream of mushroom soup and whatever meat was left in there and cheese on the top. And I think that was the point where she was like, I'm going to have to marry you because you can do this. (laughs) This has changed because now I will make something, and she will like it, and she'll say, how did you make that? And I'll be, I don't know. I just took a little of that. Well, how much? I don't know. I just took a little of that, this, this, and the other, threw it in the pan, cooked it on 350 for 20 minutes. Yeah, I have I have several times in my life eaten something and been like, damn, that was good. I wish I could remember how I made it. Yeah, right. I should have wrote that down. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you just make food with what you have. It's like, yeah. if you understand flavors, you're like, well, these aren't going to taste awful together. Whatever I make is going to be pretty good. So fuck it. In, that's how we do a lot of stir fry. Like, mm-hmm. I will give you guys if you don't if you don't already do this. I will give you guys a hint or a tip rather. Next time you make a tuna casserole, instead of using breadcrumbs, crush up some Cheez Its. Ugh, you don't like Cheez Its? I hate Cheez Its. I hate anything that's fake orange cheese. Like what I don't is like, wrong with you? Is I don't like, like boxed can... mac and cheese. I don't like oh, anything God. that's bright orange, awful fake cheese. Yeah, I don't like ma- boxed mac and cheese either. But I'd love a Cheez It. I have white cheddar Cheez Its, but not to, How... not the regular. Ugh. How can you justify peanut butter and Miracle Whip and and poo-poo Cheez-Its? Hey, peanut butter and Miracle Whip, or at least peanut butter and mayo sandwiches, is a traditional recipe. So are Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its are processed, and I have nothing against processed oh, food. What, do you, what, do you think, what, do you, what do you think Miracle Whip is? Or mayonnaise or Miracle Whip? I think, it's, I think it's eggs, vinegar, and spices. And sadness. <laughs> Anyway, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just shocked to find out you don't like cheeses. It's uh, I don't like goldfish either. It's specifically the fakey cheese cheese snacks that I don't like. I, I I'm, and it's specifically for me only cheeses. Like I'm I'm with you on like I don't like goldfish. I don't like all these other, but cheeses themselves they they rise above it for some reason. Or the the bright orange cheese crackers. Yep, don't like those. Yeah, see that's weird. See for me, cheeses are the same thing unless you go to the white cheddar and then they taste enough like real cheese that I'm okay. Huh. Okay, for Joel and Mike, crush up some cheese. It's on your next tuna casserole. Note taken. I, I can't make casseroles <coughs> with cheese in them. Yeah. Okay, Joel. No. no. <laughs> Mike, potato chips. Yes. Oh, I'm yes. Remembering it was actually thinking back on it to my mother's uh, tuna noodle casserole I talked about in the first half. She did that. She did the smashed up potato chips as the topping. It wasn't breadcrumbs. 
Wow, this is bringing back repressed memories. That was behind some cream chip beef up there. <laughs> <laughs> well, have we exhausted the topic? Anybody else have anything else to say? I'm just generally exhausted. Yeah, that was a, that was a big trip down memory lane there. Oof. I was telling you, when, when we were talking about how this show, oh, I think this is a little light. we got to add some stuff to anytime we get into memory shows. Or food. Yeah. We've got stuff to say. What random bullshit are Pat and Josh going to argue about on this show? <laughs> Air fryers and Cheez-Its. Yeah. <laughs> the lines have been drawn. Who had, so. who had Cheez-Its on for, for this show? <laughs> Anybody? No, I had zombie cannibals. All right. So if you have your thoughts about your favorite casserole or leftover, let us know. Please give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yep. And our older stuff on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We are all over the podcasting world. Go to our home on the web at 40go14.com and you can see all our shows there. Also head over to Podchaser and leave us a review. Joel, what are we doing next week? 21 Jump Street. All right, so we will be back next week. But uh, thanks for listening, and you know, send us a pot, send us a casserole recipe or an actual casserole, just wrap yeah. it in tortilla. <laughs> you can ship it wherever. Send it to Texas. Just write for Pat, Texas. They'll find them. <laughs> They'll figure it out. <laughs> this casserole is for that guy that ate that burrito that one time. Yeah, I know him. <laughs> talk later we'll talk thumbs up emoji <laughs> you're just gonna start verbalizing your emojis now <laughs> joel is done with gifts he's just gonna do verbal emojis smiley face smiley face thumbs up <laughs> eggplant 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 <laughs> question mark <laughs> raised eyebrow emoji <laughs> Eggplant tomato birthday cake taco. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Winky emoji. Sweat drop, sweat drop eggplant. <laughs> Peach. <laughs>